you're listening to the Sailing to Success podcast show, where we share practical tips and strategies to help you be more productive, boost your profits, and grow your business. Hey, everyone. I'm Lindsay Phillips, founder of Smooth Sailing Business Growth, and I'll be your host and captain for this 30-minute excursion. So today, we'll be chatting with ROI expert, Stephen Wozner. He's going to be sharing the eight money-draining mistakes. You're not going to want to miss this. The one we deep dive into is SEO done poorly plus some extra success tips and resources. So let's get started, folks. So as I mentioned, I am super thrilled to have Stephen Wozner um, on my podcast show. I had the pleasure of being on Onward Nation. Um, we recorded, I think it was last week. So I am, yeah, just uh, think can't say anything bad about Steven. So I am excited to have him on my show. He is the founder and CEO of Predictive ROI, a digital marketing agency. And as I mentioned, the host of Onward Nation, it's a top rated daily podcast for learning how today's top business owners think, how they act and achieve. And Onward Nation is actually listened to in 112 countries. And since the advent of, you know, the commercial internet, Steven has collected tens of thousands of data points that have given him the ability to identify what he calls the eight money draining mistakes. So we're going to learn about those today. He also has the eight money making opportunities and he's the author of three books, including the most recent profitable podcasting and his digital marketing insights have been featured in Forbes.com, entrepreneur.com, the Washington post and Inc magazine as well. So good to connect with you again, Stephen. Oh, goodness. Lindsay, thank you so much for the invitation. And it is just a joy, a pleasure and an honor to be here with you and your listeners. Thank you. And I love connecting with people on podcasts. And you are um, a very smart man, sir. Um, and I l love your, you know, eight money draining mistakes, eight money making opportunities. Because really, in the entrepreneurial world, besides, you know, making a certain lifestyle for yourself, um, that's kind of the the name of the game, right? It 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 is, and and I wish I could take the credit for the name. You know, the eight money draining mistakes, and as you mentioned, the eight money making opportunities. But 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 actually, I I, I can't. I mean, that came out of a, a one on one mastermind day that that Darren Hardy, former publisher of Success Magazine, yeah. and I did. You know, probably cool. five six years ago, and. And after a very long day of the two of us working together, I mean, it was incredibly long. Oh my gosh. And uh, in the morning I thought, geez, I, I actually don't really even have a business. And, and then in the afternoon, <laughs> And then in the afternoon, it was like, oh, wow, we got an awesome business. Anyway, but, uh, you know, so the, the term eight money draining mistakes, eight money making opportunities, I, I owe that to, to Darren because, you know, he, he really did help me create those. Awesome. Well, let's get into it so that our listeners find out what those mistakes are so that they can avoid them. Okay. Um, and, and I'm excited to hear about them to make sure that I'm not doing any of them. <laughs> <laughs> Well, just, just as uh, maybe kind of a, a summary is that um, as, as we share them, I, I hope your listeners will, will take, you know, what you and I talk about mm -hmm. and certainly go into their business, into their website, into their, you know, kind of all things digital, into that digital ecosphere and look for the problems. Mm -hmm. but, but I also want to maybe set expectations 
because you're probably going to find some and, and don't feel bad about that yeah. because they're, they're there. They're there in most businesses that, that we have an opportunity to kind of look under the hood for. Mm-hmm. And, and the cool thing about it is they're relatively easy to fix. And so if you find them, just fix them. Yes. Or if you can't fix them yourself, find an expert to do so. And it's, there's always room for improvement in our business, right? Yeah. Amen. Amen. So as you mentioned that this really came from being able to collect, you know, decades, you know, 20 plus years Mm. of, you know, tens of thousands of of data points um, and being able to kind of put those into a series of recipes from both, you know, private sector and public sector. And, and so eventually, you know, we came in and settled on these, these eight, are there more than eight, you know, probably, but, but if, but if, if, if the typical business owner can sit down with his or her team and conquer these eight, there's bigger fish to fry, right? And, yeah. and so these are the things that, that cause a business to leak money every single day. Those are the money draining mistakes. And then the money making opportunities are the things that you can, you can do to adjust to really kind of put that big outboard motor on the back end of your boat and zoom across the lake. And then they really drive revenue and, and ROI. Awesome. And yeah, just helped lay that foundation. And yeah, I mean, gosh, as entrepreneurs, we work so hard and we are probably thinking about our business 24 seven. So of course you want to keep all that hard earned money in your pocket. So let's, so I know your first one is no baselines or smart goals. What does that mean? Well, so smart is an acronym that you you know, lots of people are familiar, but uh, it stands for, just, just in case some of your listeners are not, yeah. it stands for specific, mm-hmm. measurable, attainable, relevant, and time sensitive okay. uh, or smart. And it's been my experience that, um, and, and when I say most business owners, I, I, I don't want, you know, small business owners to feel like I'm picking on them because I, I tell you, I, I have been in meetings with very large companies that have been in business for 80 plus years and still didn't get this right. Right. Okay. So it, it doesn't matter the size or sophistication of the business, Mm -hmm. but my experience has been is that most business owners, executives, leadership teams are aimlessly wandering through the wilderness and they're not really sure by how much they need to grow a business. Sure. They might know what like overly, like what their quarterly numbers need to be, Mm -hmm. or maybe I'm going to go from X to Y, you know, in these next 12 months. But, but beyond that, it's, it's pretty murky. And so the reason why I say no baselines or smart predictives is because they don't know what, what, you know, how many unique visitors they got last month. They don't know what percentage of unique visitors, you know, opted in or essentially, you know, raise their hand and, Hey, give me your email address and so forth. They don't know what percentage of email opt-ins converted into a proposal. If they're in the B2B space, they don't know what percentage of proposals their sales team closed in the last week or quarter or, 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 or year. They don't know what the average value of those proposals are, what their customer acquisition cost is, what their lifetime value of a customer is. And if you don't know those things, how can you develop a marketing budget? Yeah. Right. Or or smart goals on top of that. So that's why it's the first one. And it tends to be a very expensive one because how can you create a plan if you're aimlessly wandering through the wilderness? Exactly. And it's, I think people are stymied and feel stuck when it comes to, you know, analytics and stats and, and those kinds of metrics the good news is that there are other people that eat numbers for lunch 
that love that stuff and can, you know, measure those things for you? Yeah, it, exactly. And in, in really the, there's, and, and I, my, my friend, uh, Avinash Kaushik, uh, who's the digital marketing evangelist to Google will probably hit me when he, if, if you were to hear me say, there's probably four or five, yeah. maybe six metrics that really matter in your business. Right. And in, in really what they are is, how many people are coming into the top of the funnel? Essentially website traffic. Mm-hmm. Um, where are they coming from? Need to know that, right? Are we spending money in the right channel? Yeah, exactly. What percentage of that audience is actually engaging? And what does that matter? What does that mean for your business? Does that mean watching a video? Does it mean opting in for something? Does it mean filling out a form? What percentage is doing that? And, and if it's less than two to 4%, there's a problem. If they're opting in through email, it ought to be six to 13. And, and then what percentage of those people who opt into your community are then converting downstream at those various levels? If you, and, and that's about six different metrics in that kind of waterfall. Most business owners don't know it. No. You know, but if they can salt, if they can get the data, they have the data. If they can get that data and do that math, then they can create smart goals. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that's a whole topic on its own that we could dive into forever. (laughs) Really. Um, Now, your second one is lack of distinction. Yeah. And and so um, here here again, the the reason why this is on the list is because we have found that business owners, I know this might sound kind of silly, but when it comes to articulating what it is that they do, and who they do it for, and why they do it, they, like when they're sitting down in front of that cursor in a, flat, in, in a Word document and it's flashing at them, they forget all the amazing, awesome, wonderful, beautiful things that they do every single day. Yeah, like what so, the value is, you mean? Right, and, and so a real simple three set, uh, or a, a three question set is, um, we do X, and X being the products or services that you deliver, for Y, and Y being the customer profile, like who do you do it for? Right. So they can Z, and Z being the, the result outcome. So we do X for Y, so they can Z. If you can answer those three questions as a business owner and put that content onto your website, you will see more people stay. You'll see the yeah. wrong people leave and the right people stay. Um, so that fixes that problem. Perfect. And what is the third um, mistake? Oh, so the third one is high bounce rate. And, and, and you know, for, for your listeners who are not familiar with what bounce rate uh, is, essentially is kind of think of it as, let's say that you set your, um, a really beautiful trade show booth up, right? You're in a, a, uh, an exhibition hall for, you know, your industry. And there of like a thousand people were behind the, the red, you know, kind of getting ready to, to, to come into exhibition hall and you were super stoked. You saw them, they saw you, you're the first booth and you just, you can't even wait to start to get the hand hand-to-hand combat of sales on, right? <laughs> and, and these thousand people, the velvet rope goes down, the thousand people come running into the hall and they stare at your booth and then 600 of them turn around and run in fear. And, and it wouldn't take very long for Lindsay or one of your listeners to be like chased down somebody to say, why'd you leave? Yeah. But that's what happens online every single day. 60%, between 50 to 60% of the traffic that we spend so much time trying to bring to our website through PR and ads and wow, you know, whatever, 60% of it turns around and runs without making one single click. That's, that's crazy. 
It is crazy. So the, the first way to fix it is actually the XYZ statement that I gave you with lack of distinction. Yeah. The other couple of ways to fix it is to make sure that you don't have a very cluttered design. Mm-hmm. You don't have three calls to action. No, no more than that. And if you can do those things, you'll bring bounce rate down about 30% and you know, things will be good. Perfect. And um, I know we're going to be talking about your services a, a little later, but does your company help look at that, those measures like websites and how to get those bounce rates down? We do. And, and that's one of the reasons why I named the business, you know, predictive ROI, because, you know, uh, I dig this stuff. Yeah. And, and it's like, you know, if you can solve those problems, then being able to predict the return on investment before you ever start, it becomes easier because then you gain clarity around the real stuff that matters. Exactly. And four is um, SEO. And I kind of want to leave that one to the end, if that's cool. Sure. Um, Because I want to dive into that one a little bit more because you are like the SEO whiz. Um, So five is not knowing your customer. And I see this so often, and I'm sure you do too. Oh yeah. And, and, and so it's, it's really being able to take the customer profile deeper. So here, here at predictive ROI, we call our ideal customer, uh, Sally and Harry one, because I, I, I love, I love that movie when Harry met Sally. Yeah. It's, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. I love it. Uh, and, and so, but we have a very, very clear picture of who Sally is yeah. and who Sally isn't. And we understand her psychologically. We understand her from an emotional perspective. So when we send out emails or we send out and we're going to do a webinar or we send out a whatever is always to one person in mind, Sally. That's it. Not, not a list of 24,000 people right. in 112 countries. Sally. And, and so, but most business owners think that they're speaking to a list of 100,000 people or whatever, and they're not. You're speaking to one person. And if you can get that dialed in and what she cares about and has she been burned before and what she's looking for in a business owner like you, you'll have a much better uh, percentage or opportunity of truly connecting and building a relationship with Sally. And I bet that'll affect, you know, your click rates and your conversions and email opens. And I mean, there's so much that depends on that. Well said. Cool. And I like the idea of putting it. I mean, some people do have a good idea of who their perfect avatar is or who their perfect ideal client is. But I think putting a name to it and really like writing that out and having that in mind when you're doing any marketing thing, I think that makes it a little bit more powerful. Yeah. And some of your listeners might giggle a little bit when, I mean, we actually do have conversations like, well, what would Sally think if she sees that? And, and I know, yeah, I I know that might sound silly, you know, but it's like, that's important. Yeah. It makes it hit home better, I think. Right. No, I love that. Um, and then speaking of, uh, Sally and, and Harry, um, we want to make sure that they have a good customer experience. So I know, um, number six is your poor customer experience. It's not yours, but. Yeah. And I think we've all had that experience where we feel like we've been pounced on, right? Like you're walking through the mall in the sort of like vendors kind of in the middle of the mall and they're asking, come over and smell this and let me rub that on you. And it's like, ah, right. And, but, but it's like, that happens online all the time. This is a really tacky example, but, but, but here it is because everybody 
a seamless person. When you're on, when you're creating an online experience for your customer, don't act like that, you know, 18 year old guy with the red solo cup who goes to the party and hits on every attractive woman in the room, like in 37 minutes. It doesn't end out, you know, we've all seen that guy. That guy typically strikes out, you know, a lot. And, but when, when, when somebody comes into your website and all of a sudden we're on them about their email address or their name or their address or their company name or phone number, and we don't have the relationship context, mm-hmm. that's how we make them feel. Yeah. And that's yeah. dumb. That's dumb. It creates a bad experience. So instead reverse it and give away a massive amount of value. Like my friend Jay Bear likes to say, who's our guest in 305 of Onward Nation, where it's like, just give your best stuff away for free. Yep. And then Sally's going to love you. Serve first. That's for sure. Great advice. And then you say number seven is too much institution speak. What does that mean? Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite simply trying to sound bigger than you are by using industry jargon, speaking about yourself in third person. (laughs) Just be you. I mean, come on. If Sally is truly Sally and you're talking to the right person, then she's going to love you for the size of business that you have, whether it's big or small, just be you and, and, and stop with the, stop trying to sound like GE if you're a five person organization. Yeah. I totally agree. And I think too, sometimes small businesses feel that, you know, they need to put on this professional like facade and be perfect. It's like, no, you just have to be genuine and authentic and have something that someone needs in my eyes. Exactly. You know, when, when somebody, one one of the, um, one of the clients that we work with uh, is a company called Gensler and and they're the world's largest architectural and design firm. Mm -hmm. And I mean, they have thousands, 5,000 employees. Okay. Wow. So when they, when they asked, you know, me and, and my team, you know, like, you know, how big of a team do you have? I'm not going to say we got 4,000 people. I mean, how, how can I compete with that? Right. And it's like, you know what? We, we have a team of 12, a team of 12 who are going to be overly or overjoyed mm-hmm. for the opportunity to work with you. We have 12 and they do this all day long. And it's great, right? And they're like, fantastic. We, we love the fact that we get to work with 12 people who do this all day long. You're not a, a one-man band operation. That's fantastic. You've got some scale. You're growing. Great. So just be you. Yeah, I agree. That's great advice for people out there. And then the last one, and then obviously we'll circle back to SEO, is um, ambiguous calls to action. Yeah. And I mean... Well, I think we've all had this experience before where it's like we've tried to give somebody our money and we can't figure out like how to do that. Yes. And right. It's like, um, this Don't is make step, it hard for me. Right. This is step one. And then, well, here's step three. Isn't there a second one? Okay. So stop that. Right. Just, I mean, think about going through your website as somebody seeing it for the very first time and making sure that there's a logical path of mm-hmm. step one, step two, step three, give me your money. And then this is what happens downstream. Um, and, but you know, that hopefully your listeners are not making that mistake, mm-hmm. but I suspect some of them are. And sometimes people try to fit like too much information on a landing page or what have you. And, or if the language is not consistent, it can, to me, I'm like, if someone's confused, they're bailing. Uh, right. 
You're exactly correct. Well said. So yeah, that's a great one. And now on to the one that I kind of want us to sink our teeth into a little bit more hmm. is SEO done poorly. And I know SEO scares a lot of people and they find it <laughs> daunting. <laughs> well, it, it is kind of, it does, of, of all of this list, it probably does feel the most like mystic dark magic voodoo. Yeah, totally. <laughs> right. Uh, but, but there's, there's a few kind of, you know, fundamental things, if you will, that if you just did these things, I mean, you'd probably be ahead of about 95% of your competition. But the, the first one is, is really like, know what your, what you should actually write about or create content about. And let me explain what I mean by that is, is that oftentimes, I mean, having done SEO now for, geez, I don't know, a decade and a half, whatever time period it's been, um, the, that typically when you walk into a client's organization or business and they say, I've got this website, it's got 40, 50, 60, 300 pages, whatever, and I need to optimize those. Okay. And, and so then you obviously have to do that. But then when developing new content, there's really no strategy or no predictive strategy. So the very first thing is whether you want to use Moz, whether you want to use SEMrush, whether you want to use Word Tracker, I don't care. But the whole crux of it is, is that make sure that before you even write a word of that next blog post, that you actually go into one of these tools like Moz, we love Moz, and find out what keywords are actually performing well. And then write stuff about that. But oftentimes what happens is somebody sits down and starts pounding out a blog post and then say, you know, we really ought to optimize that. And then, and then you go in to look for like keywords that might be relevant and there aren't any. It's like an afterthought. Right. It's like, well, maybe we ought to reverse that process mm -hmm. and let the keyword strategy drive the content. And so that's the first piece about SEO done poorly. And then, and then the three biggest pieces of real estate or the most valuable pieces of real estate on any content page are the page title, the meta description, and those should play well with one another as far as consistency of the keywords in those. And then normally uh, people's brains split apart when I say, yeah, the meta keywords field, you should still use it. Well, but Google doesn't use it. Yeah, but Bing does. And it's like, it turns into this big conversation because of a Matt Cutts video that he produced back in 2009, two minutes and 14 seconds that set the SEO world on fire. It's like, oh my gosh, get over yourself. Just use it. You're not going to be penalized for anything. Just, just use <laughs> it. It takes two seconds. Oh my gosh. Anyway, so, but the biggest piece is, not creating content for keywords that really matter. Mm -hmm. That's generally where I see that most business owners get it wrong. That makes sense. And so how, for our listeners, how do you find what those keywords are that you need to focus on? Yeah. So my, my favorite keyword explorer tool, if you will, is, is Moz. I used to really, really love uh, seobook.com, but then they kind of stopped updating their database. So Moz is a great one. Uh, WordTracker.com is a great one. SEM Rush uh, is, is another great one. I think there's like, uh, uh, what is it? Market Samurai. Samurai. Uh, anyway, so, but those are the top three, right? So, but Moz is our favorite. And are they so, expensive? So I'm going to cut you off for your first That's second. okay. Uh, Moz, I think we pay maybe about $149 a month, maybe. That's pretty steep. Yeah. So the, yeah, they're not, they're not inexpensive, right? But, yeah. but again, you know, 
we're, we're, we're doing, you know, search for oh, yeah. a number of different clients, right? Not so favorite. at scale, it's not that big of a deal, but, but yeah, I, I get it for a small business owner just for them. You know, you, you need to think about that for sure. You can certainly get some of that data out of Google's AdWord, you know, keyword planning tool, but it's been our experience that is not as good as, as, oh, as that might sound. Yeah. Gotcha. Sorry, continue. I cut you off there for a sec. No, it's okay. Um, so anyway, we, we, we really like, um, again, Moz Keyword Explorer, I believe is what the official name is uh, of the tool. And then, and then we will go, or Alex and I, um, Alex primarily on our team will go in and, and think about themes and a keyword strategy. And before we start doing any optimization or giving, you know, a client a keyword strategy, we, we, we make a, a very, very long list of top performing keywords. And then we let that list drive the content development. Right. And that list just so for the listeners is based off of like, what is your avatar searching for? Correct. Yeah, correct. So it, it is actual, you know, Google data, uh, Bing data and so forth that, that, you know, whatever this keyword phrase is, we're searched on, mm-hmm. you know, 500 times this month. And, and then we take that, let's say that we take, uh, let's say it's, you know, 500 times a month. And then, and then we go into Google, we'll do an exact match search for that keyword. And let's say that there are, you know, 500 uh, competing pages, you know, for that keyword, or maybe there's uh, 500,000 competing pages for that keyword. As long as that, you know, the number of competing pages is less than a million, game on. It's not a very competitive keyword. Uh, But if it's more than that, then we'll stay away from it. So now we know that the keyword is used every single day, and then we test it in Google. We then know that it's not very competitive, and then we develop content around that when, when we know it's used. Awesome. And so I know people often, and I'm sure you get this all the time, have unrealistic expectations. I mean, it's a long, it's a long game process. You can't, you know, do three blog posts and expect to be on the, the front page of Google. Um, so what real, what realistic expectations should people have? Yeah, and you're right. It, it can be a long process. It can also be complicated, right? Like, let's say, let's say that, um, you know, the website is, you know, has a very, very low, um, you know, quality uh, for their domain, right? Because they haven't been doing anything forever, right? They have very low number of inbound links. The inbound links that they do have are from low quality sources. So as far as like Google's concerned, you know, the website is like, you know, just barely alive. <laughs> well, that, that's going to be hard to resuscitate yeah. because even if you create great content, to your point, it's going to take time for Google to even care. Right, because, right. You know, the, the, you know, maybe the social footprint is bad and about 8% of a page's ability to rank has to do with the social footprint. You know, so here's another thing that the Moz does really well. They do it every two years. They survey, I want to say several hundred SEO experts in the country and ask them about leading indicators that really drive search uh, rankings. And about 67% has to do with what you do on the page. 23% has to do with essentially the quality of your domain, right? Hmm. Like inbound links, uh, where those links are coming from. Has there been any bad stuff, you know, bad reviews, this and that that are published, you know, that kind of stuff, right? So, but if if your domain is bad and you've got bad reviews and you have poor inbound links, 
it's going to be a long road. That doesn't mean you shouldn't start. You should start. Yeah. You should have realistic expectations to your point. Perfect. And now I know, um, cause I just got it myself, <laughs> a great SEO guide and checklist. How can folks get that? Oh, um, uh, well, I assume you're talking about mine. I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they, if they go to uh, predictiveroi.com, they can find it there. Um, and it, it should just, you know, when somebody's new coming to our, our site, it should just, you know, pop up right away and they can, you know, uh, just give us their email address and, and get it that way. Um, or if somebody wanted to, um, you know, email me directly, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to share it with them as well. So uh, happy to share any detail that they like. Awesome. And I know you talk a lot about data collection um, in there. I haven't dove right into it yet, but what do you mean by that? Well, in, I, I know this might sound, um, you know, really kind of basic because I, I know, you know, how your, your digital marketing prowess is, is very significant, but um, you know, even still today, and maybe this happens to you too, but even still today, we find, you know, business owners who, who are not even using Google Analytics. Right. Or, or they're not pulling data out of like Constant Contact or Infusionsoft and matching that together with Google Analytics yeah. to really get a better view. And, and so, you know, make sure that you're using Google Analytics. Make sure that you have like Facebook, LinkedIn, AdRoll, Pixels installed. Even if you're not running ads, it's fine. Because then you have the opportunity to do so at some point in the future if you choose to. But if you're not collecting those data streams, right. you know, when you do decide to start, you're starting from scratch. That seems kind of silly. Exactly. Um, right. And then making sure you're paying attention to your, your metrics within either Facebook insights, uh, within, you know, LinkedIn for your company page, you know, within your email distribution service. So the data is there, but for, for most business owners, it feels maybe a little bit spooky, but I would encourage them to, to, to jump into the deep end of the pool because after a few minutes, it's going to feel a little less spooky. Yeah. And you got to start somewhere. <laughs> Amen. Um, now I love SEO Yoast um, that I have the WordPress plugin to, mm-hmm. to set up SEO on my pages and I use it for clients. Do you have a favorite? I yeah. Know our, ours, out there. ours is the same too. We, we love it as well. Yeah. And yeah, because it makes it just a more efficient process. Yeah. And you know, I, I, I like when you can turn a page from kind of amber to, to green, right? It you makes know, you feel you, good. It's like, uh, hey, thumbs up to me. <laughs> I know. It's just so easy to use and it, um, yeah, I just find it really intuitive. Yeah, I agree. Now I know there's also some great tools to kind of help you with those analytics. Cause I know, honestly, I mean, I go in there and I understand part of it, but when I go into Google analytics, I'm just like, wow, like it looks overwhelming. Mm. And some people use Jetpack cause they find that's easier to look at in WordPress are there any other tools that kind of help those beginners kind of get rolling? Yeah, gosh, I, I wish I could offer some recommendations there. So Jetpack is, is a good one. Um, you know, there is a, a Google Analytics plugin itself that, that goes, oh, okay. into, I didn't realize that. That goes into to WordPress. Um, and, but, but, you know, I, I don't know if it's just because of our familiarity with, with Google Analytics. I mean, we're just, we just, Oh, you must know it. Yeah. Inside and out and in the raw data. 
Yeah, exactly. And, but yeah, it's true. You step in there and it's like, I yeah, my eyes glaze over. <laughs> I mean, I go and I find the information that I need and it's all good. And I also have team members that do it for me that are stat inclined. Mm. Um, but yeah, it can feel overwhelming for people. So explain, um, seeing as you're the whiz at, um, you know, ROI and SEO, what kind of services do you provide? Well, um, it really kind of all of the above. Um, but, but over the last several years, we've, we've been really narrowing, I guess it would be probably the right word yeah. and in, in really distilling things down. And, and so can it, can a client engage us for just SEO? Yes. But, but really where we've seen kind of our business grow and sort of be pulled into over the last couple of years is, is developing what we call the Trojan horse of sales. And, and, and what I mean by that is, so our Sally, she, she tends to be an owner of a business to business professional services firm. You know, maybe she's an agency or has an agency, or maybe she runs a recruiting firm or maybe she's a CPA, but, but she's, she's generally running uh, a B2B professional services firm. And, and what she doesn't really have is a biz dev strategy, like a consistent ongoing biz dev strategy. And, and then sometimes the prospects or clients that she wants to get in front of, they're kind of difficult to reach. Mm-hmm. And so we solve that. We solve that through creating her a rock and awesome you know, top rated podcasts and iTunes. We then take that content. We create an amazing, awesome blog post out of it, social media campaigns around it. We take that into LinkedIn and really blow out her platform on LinkedIn to really give her that, you know, these great credibility indicators of thought leadership. We then optimize all that stuff for search. So her traffic goes up. We put all these lead gen kind of components into place and, you know, run some webinars to generate, you know, leads and, and conversions. So we put all of that together in this, you know, package, if you will, and we can certainly break it apart too, but, but we put it all together in this, you know, Trojan horse of sales and it's, it's worked extremely well for Sally. Awesome. Yeah. It's nice to, cause all those pieces are playing together, right? And they're interconnected. They, they are interconnected and that's, that's a great word. Um, and because, you know, being able to, I mean, obviously it's a very competitive landscape. Mm-hmm. And, and my guess is because you've had your show, your show has been a great way for you to amplify your thought leadership. It, it becomes a very big megaphone for you. And that's awesome, mm-hmm. right? And, 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 but that's what it takes today in a very crowded, noisy marketplace. So it isn't that SEO is any less effective than it ever was. Yeah. It's just the fact that most of Sally's competitors are out there talking. And if Sally's not out there talking, Never. then she's not talking and that becomes expensive. Yeah. That makes sense. Well said. Well, I stole that from Gary Vaynerchuk, actually, in the interview that he and I did. (laughs) So I can't take credit. I got to give that back to Gary. (laughs) Well, you're very modest then. Um, So what I do want to let people know is that your eight money draining web website mistakes is actually on your site. Um, you've got that great, uh, three part video training series. That's free. Um, so, I mean, you've given us, you know, we've gone through those eight points and we've kind of 
you know, deep dived a little bit further into SEO, which was super helpful for those out there that, you know, aren't quite in that sphere yet. Um, so I'm sure that uh, video training will really help help them dive deeper into that. So that's perfect. Um, now, I also understand that you have another book coming out. I do, uh, which is actually, it's funny that um, we start talking about the Trojan Horse of Sales because really the, the, the book that comes out on September 14th, I believe, um, it's called Profitable Podcasting. And, and, and I didn't want to write like a podcasting book. That, that sounded really oh, boring. Funny. You know, and, and, and not that that's bad, yeah. but you know, so like when I, when I interviewed Gary, when he was, um, getting ready to release jab, 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 right hook. Um, I like, I said to my publisher, I said, I want to write a book that does for podcasting what Gary did for social. Right. Like I want to create a textbook. I want to create a compendium. I want to create the encyclopedia of like, if you create a podcast, this is how it drives your business. Cool. And that's what we did. And, and it's really, of course I'm biased, but it's really, really deep on like the tech, but then it's very deep on the business strategy behind it and how a podcast with the Trojan horse of sales for that strategy mm-hmm. could really drive hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars in new revenue because it's all about biz dev, but connecting it into your podcast. That's awesome. So it's not just about the podcast itself. It's kind of like the ripple effect and, and what goes on afterwards. Exactly. And, and, and it's been my experience that most podcasters or most business owners who have a podcast get that wrong. They think, oh, I'm going to record five or six episodes. I'm going to throw these out on iTunes. And all of a sudden, the world will be mine. <laughs> and no, it doesn't work that way. No. No. No, you need a strategy about distribution, about relationship, about sales strategy, about execution, about consistency. And, and, you know, again, having Trojan horse of sales right up from the beginning, who do you have on your show? How do you structure those questions? All of that is a biz dev and most people miss it. But the, the book in full transparency gives everything away. Awesome. And so that comes out the middle of September. Yep. Do you have any uh, pre-order coming up? Yeah. In, in fact, I was just, when you asked me that in our pre-interview chat, I just went to Amazon and um, I, I didn't know my publisher had this out there yet, but but they, they do. I mean, I knew the page was there, but I, I didn't know the pre-order was there. So yeah, it looks like the pre-order is running. So it's Profitable Podcasting. My last name is Stephen Wessner, but if you go into Amazon, search on Stephen Wessner or search on Profitable Podcasting, you'll find it. Perfect. And send me that link and I'll put it on my show notes. Okay. Awesome. Thanks. Perfect. Well, I know I've let people know about your um, SEO guide and checklist. And of course your three part video training series that's on your website. Um, I also know that your eight money draining mistakes is on your website as well um, in general. So um, way to serve. That's awesome. Well, you know, I just, I, I liked, I like to give stuff uh, away and, and I, there's a lot of people who, who do that, you know, because it's, there's going to be this big sales pitch at the end and, you know, and, and, and so just to like brace your audience for that, 
you know, we don't do that, uh, which, which is probably dumb, but you know, I mean, you know, so like on Fridays, you'll get an email from us about maybe the, the greatest or latest, you know, episode for Onward Nation and that kind of stuff. And I think we run webinars maybe three times a year, you know, but, but, uh, you know, giving and teaching and, and, and all of that. But, um, you know, we're, we're, we're not, you know, like quote unquote hitting our list with, with buy this, buy because yeah. that's, that's not how we drive our business. I know. So, I'm yeah. the same way. I'm not, I'm not a, a hard sell. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It's just not in my DNA, even though I, I may be told <laughs> I should be doing otherwise, but it's just not the way I roll. <laughs> Awesome. So is there any other, you know, the website or anything else that you want to share with us or how people can connect with you? Well, I, I'm, if, if, um, if what I, you know, shared uh, today sounds, um, sounds interesting, I, I would sure encourage your listeners to, to take a listen to onwardnation.com mm, where Lindsay right. has been a great guest of ours. Well, thank um, you. <laughs> and well, I mean, you were, it was fantastic, great conversation. And, and, you know, we, we do a, a daily show and, and so we put a, a lot of great stuff where our guests are sharing in full transparency, their wisdom and expertise as, mm. as you did. And, and so I would highly encourage your listeners to take a listen to Onward Nation, which they can find at onwardnation.com. And, um, but, you know, onwardnation.com, uh, predictiveroi.com. Um, and, you know, if, if anybody happens to opt in, if anybody wants to send me an email, they're certainly welcome to. And my email address is Stephen, which is S-T-E. Predictiveri.com, and that's my actual email address. I re read and respond to every single one. So feel free to drop me a note and I'm happy to answer any questions. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time and all your wisdom. And I know there's probably a long list of links I will be having on my show notes <laughs> for all the great um, tools and different things that we spoke about today. Um, so yeah, truly thank you for your time and, and your, your insight. Well, you're, you're very welcome, but, but thank you. And I, it, and I sincerely appreciate the invitation. It was an honor to be here uh, with you today. I sincerely appreciate you taking the time out of your compressed schedule to be a guest on my show and to share your wisdom and expertise with Onward Nation. So that's very, very kind of you. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for the invite to be with you here today, Lindsay. Awesome. And thank you listeners out there for taking time out of your day um, to listen to our insight and uh, our conversation and just be in the space with us. Um, so that is it today for this episode of Sailing to Success podcast show. Of course, you can find this episode and others um, if you go to lindsayphillips.com or you can also find them at smoothbusinessgrowth.com. And of course, there's my videos and blogs and some resources there for you. Um, and yeah, I hope you have a profitable and productive week, folks. And may the winds always be at your back. Mm -hmm.